Hello and welcome to Chatty AF, the anime feminist podcast. Welcome to the first episode of our watch along of the anime adaptation of Angelic Lair. My name is Caitlin and I'm a writer and editor for Anime Feminist, as well as a reviewer for Anime News Network and my own blog, I Have a Heroin Problem, Heroines Filled with an E. I'm joined today by fellow Anifem editors, D and Mercedes. Uh, hi, my name's Mercedes. Uh, I'm also an editor here at Anime Feminist, and I am a aspiring Japanese to English translator and uh, all-around cool person. That's true. I can confirm with that. Mercedes, <laughs> I'm sorry. I keep pronouncing your name weird because Fire Emblem... I forgot like, there was a character named Mercedes in Fire well, they say her, they say her name as Mercedes. Yeah. Um, which when I first played it, I was like, "That's weird. That's a weird way to say that name." Yeah. But then yeah, I got is. used to it, and now I'm doing it to you. So I apologize. No, I mean, she's a great character. So like, <laughs> she is. I love her. Like, I feel honored. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and who's this other person? Oh, hi. <laughs> Oh, hi. I didn't see you come in. Uh, I'm Dee. I'm one of the managing editors at Anime Feminist, uh, and you can hang out with me on Twitter at Door and find all my writings there and all that good stuff, too. Mm. All right. So, like I said, today we watched uh, episodes one through seven of Angelic Lair, which is based on a five-volume manga by Clamp. Mm. Uh, you may be asking yourself... How did they turn a five-volume manga into a 26th episode anime series? The que- the answer to that is a lot of changes. Yeah. Um, it is significantly different from the manga um, in a lot of ways. I personally think for the better. <laughs> Angelic Lair is about Misaki Suzuhara, an ordinary 12-year-old who moves from uh, living with her grandparents in Wakayama, which is in Kansai in Japan, to Tokyo to live with her newscaster aunt while she's there she sees on the screen a beautiful angel fighting and the angel is small but quick and it's inspiring to her because she is also small turns out that this was the game angelic layer where deuses control angels on a layer to fight a old nickname for the series was rock'em sock'em barbies oh what <laughs> that's great that's on point misaki Decides to buy an angel, make her small and quick, just like herself, and names her Hikaru. And so, and thus, she gets swept up into the wide world of Angelic Lair. So, yeah. uh, I chose this show for the watch long because I have, I, I've loved it for a long time. I watched it back into the era where fansubs was generally one of the better ways to watch things. Cause one of the only ways. One of yeah. the only ways, yeah. yeah. Um, because it cost $200 to collect a series and there was a lot of internet ordering involved and shady sites and it was just a whole thing. So, but it's not like that anymore. So, you know, but anyway, um, yeah, it's streaming on high dive for folks at home. Yeah. 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 And not sure where to watch it. It's on high dive. I want to say that they have the sub and the dub. So you they can do. choose. They do. Yes, the, the old school ADV dub, and boy, you can tell it was made in the early two oh, thousands. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. We, yeah. We, um, but uh, 
So I bought the Blu-ray in one of the Sentai sales not long ago, and I've been going through my physical physical media shelf, and I was watching the show. I was like, this has actually a lot of interesting stuff from a feminist perspective. Um, and it's great because I've been wanting to do an Angelic Lair watch because I had a feeling that it had like some stuff that we could really dig into, like as Annie Femme. So yeah, like I don't have like a big interesting history with it. <laughs> um, just I watched it a long time ago. I liked it. I watched it again. I liked it, and I thought it was worth discussing for the podcast. I guess I guess I'm I'm much more familiar with the manga than I am with the anime. I had never seen it, and I know the anime came out in like 2001. So God, really? Yeah, it looks yeah. good for it. Yeah, because because the manga the, the manga started in 1999. It let me say this this anime could legally drink in Japan. <laughs> Dang. I was I was uh pleasantly surprised to find out it was a bone show. I did not know bones had done it and they tend to mm, put, they tend to put out pretty quality products. It, yeah. it definitely has that issue that a lot of shows right around the turn of the century had turn of the millennium, I guess. Anyway, had um where they were using that digipate style which mm-hmm. looked pretty good on a uh on TVs at the time and then once you got into HD you really started to see like the edges of the lines. Yeah. Um so it's a little rough because of that, but I mean like as far as like the, you know, animation of the action scenes and everything, I mean, I would say it's a pretty well put together show. Yeah, it 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 still quite holds up and like I kind of got excited in the action scenes cuz they were they were pretty neat to see. Little Hikaru flipping through the air. It's good. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't have. So I, I technically read Angelic Lair probably. I'm, I think it was like as it was coming out because I had a friend who was buying them and I would just uh, borrow them from her when she was done. Um, I all I remembered was tiny robots. So when Caitlin was like, <laughs> I need some. When Caitlin was like, I need some people for this watch along who aren't familiar, who haven't seen it before. I was like, well, okay. So I did technically read it, but it was so long ago right. uh, that I think I'm probably I'm probably clear to uh, to join you as a as a newcomer. Yeah, I mean, I don't remember. I I remember liking it. I don't remember anything about it that I was like, oh, this isn't great. But like, clearly, I didn't love it because I don't remember it very well. <laughs> <laughs> You're fine. Like I'm truthfully that's my opinion about a lot of clamp stuff and uh nobody nobody hurt me please is i tend to end a clamp series going yeah that was fine yeah 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 Yeah. i'm not sure why they're so louded i whoa shots fired early in this watch yeah listen i drank the clamp kool-aid as a teenager i saw them at anime expo i don't like as an adult i'm though i'm like i don't get it (laughs) They're not good storytellers most of the time. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna get in on this. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think, uh, like, because this is one of their shorter series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I think, I think, I mean, there's there's a couple of other ones that are like under three volumes or less, but like, this is one of their shorter mm-hmm. action series, and I think that's a good thing because if this had been like the length of like anything else that they've created i don't think that would have been good (laughs) like well i feel like clamp has two modes one is like shorter kind of very quick pacing and then at the end it's like well okay i guess that's the end another is long and never finishes yeah so x you're talking about x (laughs) yeah (laughs) i mean x like i'm pretty sure hall it got dropped um 
Because doesn't doesn't Holic have a sequel right now? Does it? I don't know. Yeah, it's just on hiatus. I think. I, 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 well, so is X. <laughs> Technically. <laughs> Technically, yes. Um. <laughs> Yeah, I, I have found with Clamp, I think I think there's two things. I think well one, their art is gorgeous. Um Beautiful. two, I think mm-hmm. I think they come up with pretty good like overall good sketches ideas. for yeah. characters. And their stories tend to have some kind of they tend to like play with the trope right at the end in a way that's really interesting. Like right. Earth mm-hmm. has some really cool like kind of twists on the genre as it goes. Card Capture Soccer, a lot of the time they put they put a lot of effort into like making their their villain sympathetic or the or the person you think is the antagonist mm-hmm. isn't or the hero isn't. And I think those elements of their stories make them really um, fascinating like from kind of like in broad strokes and especially when you're um, when you're younger and like you're like I've never really seen a story like this before, which we'll definitely get into with Angelic Lair. Um, yeah. Later I think. Um, but I have found that my favorite clamp stories are the anime that got to kind of fiddle with them a little bit. Like Cardcaptor Sakura is beloved. And I think it's beloved because Morio Osaka is an incredible director who, you know, really took, who took what, like a six volume manga and turned it into 75 episodes and was really able to like give all of the characters Mm -hmm. these, like kind of take those base personalities that clamp came up with and then really like give them life and humanity and like, these these nice charming story arcs yeah 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 i i agree um i think that clamp anime are generally better than clamp manga yeah because they do come up with really good really interesting ideas but the execution is generally very lacking like yeah ray earth like you brought up ray earth um like the ending of that first arc is like in middle school like it tore my heart out oh my god yeah but um which you know no spoilers in case there are people who haven't read or seen it with and but the the pace the pacing is so all right we do this and then we do that and then we do this and then we do that and then we do this and then we do that and so their stories can be kind of stilted which makes it a little mm -hmm. bit tougher to like connect with the characters beyond like broad strokes yeah Um, whereas which is where i think sometimes the animes can help that having been said i had a really hard time with the ray earth anime the first season because i think three volumes into 26 episodes led to a lot of redundancy in the middle there yeah (laughs) all right we should should talk about angelic layer okay but you knew you knew we couldn't do a podcast about a clamp show without talking about clamp for at least yeah you've got it you've got it there's there's a lot of history there yeah Someday, folks at home who love Clamp, uh, we'll get some folks on who love Clamp, and we'll do a Clamp podcast someday. Yeah, and then, I'm, and then, some people who love them can talk can talk about them. In I mean, uh, in and like, for y'all. like they're, they're, they do like excellent character design, but writing, you know, you can't do it all. People, you can't do it all. <laughs> I mean, Tokias definitely had very memorable character design. Yeah, some of those outfits were ugly, though. Yeah, I love Zaku's those- one like one shoulder. <laughs> Caitlin, this tangent just keeps going. I mean, like, Clamp does good pasta-looking boys. I love it. I eat it up. But. (laughs) Delicious pasta boys. I mean, serve me up some of that sauce. It's Mm -hmm. excellent character design. But, Clamp. Yeah. We know. And I think Angelic Lair is interesting because it came out when Clamp was sort of undergoing, was kind of experimenting with their style. Look, I brought it back around. Um, (laughs) So, like, the manga has, um, 
the manga has like that kind of sketchy, limey style that yeah. it has, mm-hmm. um, which like of course the anime has to smooth out quite a bit, but it's right. still kind of reflected. Like the characters are a bit stockier than in a lot of their manga. Well, and was that also partly because was this their first shonen? Because I know this one because I, I know think- Clint is known for writing shojo, but I think but they do they did write shonen like especially in the like late nineties early aughts, and I don't know if this was their first one, but I know it was one of their shonen. Um, I'm not sure think- if it was their first one. It was but this I, one or Chobits? I Chob- feel like Chobits comes... Well, I don't know because... I don't know if I think Chobits comes after it because of the weird clamp intersectional timeline stuff that mm-hmm. this series has with Chobits or if it came before. Well, I sure can't ask Mr. Google, can't I? Uh, Chobits <laughs> <laughs> uh, was 2000 and Angelic Lair oh, was 99. Was, so yeah, all right. So Angelic Lair was but... probably the first... But yeah, but I'm like, you're talking about like the, their style adjusting part of that was also probably because they were getting into shonen and with like mm-hmm. a lot of the time with action series, you almost have to simplify your designs, especially if you're doing like really detailed stuff like Clamp mm-hmm. does, uh, because it's just so hard to do extended action sequences if you're having to draw, you know, a million hairlines yeah. every single time. So yeah, and I I didn't really Clamp am, animation or action drawing is. I can never really parse it. It's a lot of lines. It's but a anyway, lot of lines. But like, so anime is perfect for this, right? Like, they're able to take the basic ideas and like make it in something that's a lot that moves. And that's a lot more easy, a lot easier to visually parse. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's talk about episodes one through seven. Oh, I'm very excited. Yes. So as I said in the quick about uh misaki sees the uh an angel fighting um and she's like what is that and then this weird guy comes out he's like it's angelic lair and he takes takes her to the store and she buys an angel and she's like i want it to be small and fast just like me because i saw that small angels can win on the screen Mm -hmm. well misaki's Um, not fast she has no athletic ability whatsoever yeah yeah, she is this poor child um but uh she ends up entering a tournament very early but she wins uh most of her matches um she's the miracle rookie and i mean that's the basic rundown of the plot yeah uh (laughs) that we have here it's pretty simple so far yeah it was a lot of focus on the the tournament itself and like the battles with the angels in this first stretch of episodes for sure yeah yeah because i think there was pretty much there was a battle every episode yeah 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 it's it's very like oriented towards uh the battle um it's battle shonen for girls (laughs) um which of course nothing is just for girls or just for boys and it did run in an actual shonen manga, but I think it's really interesting because, like, Angelic Lair is, it's a fighting game. You know, it's comparable to, like, Yu-Gi-Oh! But everything, like, within the universe, all of the marketing for it is so, like, girl-oriented. Yeah. Well, well all like- the angels are, all the angels, um, I mean, I guess they don't technically have a gender, but they all have boobs, right? You know what I mean? Like, they're all, right. they're all designed to, like, be, like, right. Except coding. for the one. So, 
Yeah, I guess I guess the it's, one. it's kind of like in Steven Universe where all the gyms are gender, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, they're gender queer. They're genderless because okay, they're, they're rocks yeah. and rocks don't have gender. Yes. But they all but... she her pronouns and they all have like sort of femme. Yeah. A, lot of them ha- a lot of them, not all of them, have like femme forms. But yeah, because that, that's remarkable about the angels that they're pretty much all, I mean, they're ostensibly really, really high tech Barbie dolls. Mm-hmm. Like and... the sweetest Barbie dolls. I would like one. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I feel I like, like I would have been much more interested in Barbie if I could fight with them. Yeah. Yeah, if if I could go to the playground and like have my doll drop kick my enemy's doll, yeah, <laughs> I would have been there for that. <laughs> yeah, it um I'm going to try really hard not to constantly compare the show to uh Gundam Build Fighters because um I don't I've heard think that's one, a very similar Angelic Lair came first. So like one mm-hmm. it's not really fair to compare it to it in that in that sense necessarily, but it's it is a very similar feel of like it's a game. You you build a toy and then you go into like this uh, sort of like tech field and then you fight each other. Um, right. But what, what is super nice about this is how it like the overwhelming majority of the of the other uh, deuses, the other fighters are girls. Uh, there, there are some boys. It's not like because at first I was like, is this like just a thing that boys don't do because you Barbie dolls? Mm-hmm. Um, but then you do see that there are some guys who play as well. Right. Yeah. I think I think that helps like keep it from being like this is clearly a game that is dominated by girls, but it is mm-hmm. not like something that boys snub their noses at. Necessarily. Right. Well, so, right. And, I appreciate and that. it's it's sold in a they're sold in a store called Piffle Princess, <laughs> um, which is True. all pink everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I thought it was really interesting because like it is sort of similar in structure to shows like to shows like Yu-Gi-Oh to Gundam Build Fighters which I haven't watched like it's the like the toyetic mm-hmm. uh, shonen like toyetic meaning that it is something that can be turned into toys easily oh, yeah. and there easily. Ha- I don't think they ever really made angelic layer toys no they certainly missed that boat some, because yeah like, those would have been good some quick <laughs> googling turned up absolutely nothing yeah there was like they did not merchandise it at all um what a loss yeah what a loss. <laughs> um i would love to have a life-size like hikaru or yeah. Twilight or suzuka but um those yeah, but shows I, I are it, those other shows are generally very like like you're they're not like explicitly like girls aren't allowed to play but the most successful characters are always boys like overwhelmingly yeah overwhelmingly right. like i think the closest that i know of is to um parody is pokemon which is generally pretty good about like being inclusive of uh boys and po- girls i don't pokemon- know if there's does a much, much, much better job. We do not have time on this podcast for me to parse that out over yes. a thousand episodes, so I'm yes. not going to get into it, because if I do, I won't stop, and it'll be, I'm, like, awkward for everyone I was at home. taking a risk when I mentioned um, Pokemon around which is why, Which is why I'm just going to say that, you, yes, by and large, the parody in, in Pokemon is, is, is nice to see. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And that's one, it's one of the things I really like about it. Um, yeah. But, but, no, this is... This is one of those shows, I think this is something that we we talk about a lot, and, like, especially, like, um, I know growing up as a kid, this was the kind of thing where, like, you would try to, I would try to get into Shonen, and this is very much, like, somewhat to the show's detriment now that I am a grown-ass adult who has seen a lot of anime, this is very much a 
beat for beat, like shonen battle slash sports series. Like yes. it, is, it is not really, it is so far anyway, and it's clamped. So it could definitely go some interesting directions as we go. So far it has done nothing to surprise me as far as like how <laughs> yeah. the genre goes. Um, but, you know, we talk a lot about like how cool it would be to have those kinds of stories for uh, teenage teenagers who are um, who are girls or femme presenting or what have you um, to see themselves in these um, in these kind of battle series, because so often they're dominated by boys. So right. while I feel like I maybe missed the train for this a little bit because I'm not 12, this is definitely a show that you could so far anyway, you could show to a 12 year old. And I think like it's really neat how it's doing all that stuff that would feel fresh and new if I was 12. It wouldn't feel like something I've seen multiple times before, you know? Yeah, and it, it's funny you say that because actually that was something that was commented on by a lot of the voice actors for the dub is that they did this show in part so their kids could have something they could watch that their voices were in. Aww. Because, mm-hmm. because, because it is very much so like this, like, because I, I want to say I read the manga, whenever Tokyo Pop released it, maybe mm-hmm. 2004, I was yeah. right at that tween age, teenage sweet spot mm-hmm. where this was like my jam. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I was, I was not a doll kid growing up. I didn't like them. Mm-hmm. Fun mm-hmm. fact, used to cry if you gave me a Barbie. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely was disappointed by a few Barbie gifts yeah. growing yeah. up. I, hated them. <laughs> I was like soundly like a Hot Wheels child. But, like, Angelic Lair was really cool. And it was one of my first mm-hmm. manga, so, like, it kind of hit that. Mm-hmm. And then it was, like, you know, these these girls fighting with these action dolls that have this really pretty hair. And it was just really, it just <laughs> really cool satisfied. I just have to say that Misaki gives Hikaru the most 12-year-old costume design ever and i love it's it so good. i it's love really it good yeah it's so good it's so good and she cuts her hair and she's like oops guess it's gonna be this way and you're just like ah oh, it's good it's good choices good choices <laughs> excellent wonderful <laughs> yeah and i mean i think it is very significant that like that the girls have so much control over these uh fighting dolls that they have yeah um, yeah, and that yeah. they like they can they they build them from a very like simple template. They give them the qualities they want. They give them the costumes they want. Mm-hmm. They um, even just des- they decide their attributes. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, I mean because it it is kind of this make your dream doll, but on a really high tech level, and it's really cool. Like mm-hmm. I I it's it's kind of I mean it's playing dress up to this really neat extreme. Because, like, I believe the angel egg comes with, like, a little laptop that you can set everything up with. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's just, Put it's points wonderful. into different things. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like baby's first point attribute tree. And I love it. <laughs> All right. Um, let's talk about the characters a little bit. Mm. So we've got Misaki and Hikaru. Um, I'm tying them in together. That's fair. How do you yeah. feel about Misaki as a protagonist? My first thought was this poor child got suckered into spending all her money. She comes to the big city and she gets suckered in. And I mean, like, Tokyo Station is far from a lot of places. Yeah. And that's not an easy walk that she did. And she had bags. Oh my, this poor child. Yeah, I don't know what part of town 
uh, her aunt lives in. Yeah, because I, I don't think they say, but like, it was far. I mean, it was it was light out when she got to the store, and it was de- it was very what? dark by the she, time she, she got she, there. So. She collapses. She collapses on the front steps. Yeah. This poor child. Mm-hmm. But I and think before cell phones were like a given. Right. I think though, what it does is it actually endeared me to her a lot. I actually really like her. I think Misaki is a really authentic twelve year old kid. Because mm-hmm. you know sometimes anime kids are not actual human children. Oh, we'll get into that when we talk about Hatoko. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah, but like but I feel like I feel like Misaki actually feels like close to an authentic like Japanese 12-year-old who's into the newest toy. Um she gets swept up in it, she really wants to do it. You know, when she I like that she she like carries Hikaru around all the time. Which yeah. is what it, which is what kids do. It. I really like her. I just really like her. Um, she's very different from in the manga, in in a few ways, which I actually think it's for the better. What are um, some of those differences? So yeah. in the, in the manga, she is much more clumsy, and she she gets excited and kind of riled up a lot more frequently. Mm-hmm. Um, in the manga, there's a lot of, um there's a lot more of a kind of desire to thread romance into her character, which I don't know if that's in the anime. We haven't really gotten that in this first kind of arc, but she's, she's a lot more confident in the anime than in the manga. In the manga, she was kind of flummoxed a lot and she blushes a lot in the manga. She gets really, she gets really anxious. Had a lot of jokes about her panties. Yeah. Yeah. Which thank God they took that out. Yeah. Clamp, what are you doing? Yeah, I mean, like, she, she's, it's the same character, but she's a lot more humanized in the anime mm-hmm. versus the manga where she was kind of a collection of tropes in a 12-year-old body. In the manga, she was, she was much less, she was much more hesitant. And in the mm-hmm. anime, she's, she just kind of acts like a 12-year-old. And that's right. really, it's really nice, actually. She's, it's interesting to kind of compare her to uh, Sakura from Cardcaptor Sakura. Mm-hmm. Um, because they're close to the same age. Right. Um, but Sakura is like kind of this like powerhouse yeah. when it comes to a lot of things. Like she's athletic, she's confident, she's, you know, popular in her school. Like, and I mean she's, you know, not perfect. She's a like I really like Sakura as a character. Don't get me wrong. Oh, Especially yeah. anime Sakura. We won't get into that again. But um, <laughs> you know, she she's she, she is perfectly suited to her role as a card captor. Whereas Misaki, and they go into this a little bit in the show, she's kind of shy, kind yeah. of awkward, she's clumsy, like she is not who you would expect to right. be like really like really successful at something like Angelic Lair. Yeah. And I think that actually has a lot of um, power because I think Hikaru is kind of who she wants to be. She's an, Hikaru is an idealized version of herself. Um, And I think it's really sweet. Like when they first got into the lair, she's like, I can make Hikaru smile at me. Yeah, it was so sweet. (laughs) Like she was so excited about like, not like being able to do cool stuff with her doll. She's just like, Oh, she can she can smile like she can feel like she has this relationship with this doll. It's it's I I definitely like I like 
the way that she is in the anime because they take all of the qualities from the manga and they just tamp them down a little so that she's a much more relatable character because I I I mean like I said I really love that like she carries Hikaru around and she cares when Hikaru gets hurt she's she's a very tender good kid mm-hmm. but like you know they, they took out a lot of the stuff that was the clampisms as I think mm-hmm. they're good to call mm-hmm. like they took out a lot of the clampisms in the anime and made Misaki a much more I would say enjoyable character. Like she's definitely, mm-hmm. I really, I really like her. I like her a lot. She's a good yeah. kid. Dee, do you have any thoughts on Misaki? I do. I think I'm going to be the buzzkill this week. Um, That's okay. That's <laughs> not okay. So, so I found Misaki. I, I did find her really endearing, especially in that first episode where, like mm-hmm. you said, she comes to the big city and she's so excited. And she just, it's a very 12 year old reaction to what a cool toy. Yeah. I'm going to get one of those. Oh, I can't wait to get involved in this and kind of sort of stumbles into it. Yeah. Um, and I liked that in the first episode. I like that she is, I like that they've, they've kind of done this combination of like, she has some kind of like femme quoted, coded qualities. Like she's a really good cook. She's a good seamstress. Um, all the all the other girl characters want to marry her. She's kind of cute. Um, it's a little weird when her aunt proposes well, to her. I, I was going to say. Joke. I mean, but it's like her aunt is so clearly joking when she says that, mm-hmm, that it didn't really right. bother me. Um, but I like that she has those qualities, but then she also gets really into this like fighting game, you know? Right. Um, I think that, I think that, that mishmash of qualities isn't, isn't seen as often as it should be. And it's not really like, they don't really make a big deal about it. It's just like two aspects of Misaki's personality. And I thought that right. was cool. Um, I will be real with you guys. I struggled during the middle stretch of this, uh, of this first seven episodes. Yeah. Um, yeah. because it was just one fight after another with some one-off characters and I couldn't really figure out why Misaki was playing and why she, and like it was kind of playing into that, like, Oh, she's just naturally gifted because as, as, as is being heavily foreshadowed, her mom played the game and is also like super good at it. So it's like, it's in her blood. And I just, I just don't, I just, I don't care for that kind of storytelling mm-hmm. necessarily. And I was like, okay, there's no struggle here. Misaki hasn't had to like struggle to learn how to play this game. She's just naturally good at it. Yeah. And I don't understand why. And so finally, finally, I'm glad we watched seven episodes because yeah. towards the end of six and in seven, I started to get a feel for like one, some of her strengths, like the fact that she's super observant, um, which is not necessarily a, a trait that you see like in protagonist characters a lot. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was mm-hmm. kind of interesting. Well, it's it's a feminine it's it's a feminine coded trait, right? Like it is observant. Yeah. It's- yeah. yeah, and like empathetic and just paying attention to mm-hmm. other people and things like that. Um, and then the other thing that they did was they actually like finally kind of called out like Misaki's never really been super into a thing before. And yeah. Mm-hmm. She was kind of just playing for fun. And then she hits this point where she loses and she realizes, oh, I'm actually super frustrated. I want to not play this mm-hmm. for fun. I want to be good at this. And it's that turning point, especially, which is a good, like them being in junior high is a good place for this. It's that kind of turning point where you go from like oh yeah i'm just you know playing around and having a good time to mm-hmm. oh wait is this something i want to do like for serious uh because yeah. like that i will take a different approach to it and if this you know and i think the show could have gotten there faster and i would have yeah. had an easier time mm-hmm. with this with this first stretch of episodes because yeah the middle was the middle was rough the, mid- <laughs> the middle the middle is admittedly it did feel like a bit of a slog because it was just kind of like okay misaki tosses hikaru into the w- ring 
and wins. Yeah. Over and, that, and over. Right. Yeah. It, and I, it, I, I think that's, I think that's why that episode where um, Hatako takes her down kind of a peg and is like, Hey, you know, I work really hard and I train and you're going to lose to me today and it's not going to be fun, but let this be the only time you lose. Like I thought that actually was a really good kind of, I think if we had only watched to six, my opinion might feel very different, but that seeing that episode where Misaki Mm -hmm. has to go through her first loss Mm -hmm. and she cries, she's really heartbroken. I was Mm -hmm. like, okay, like that kind of made up for this series of episodes that, because I think those were definitely like original episodes of like her facing off against these characters that she just, I mean, you know, she wins by luck. She wins because she observed mm-hmm. it made up for that seeing her have to kind of face like, Oh, I'm really passionate about this thing. And it hurts because I'm so passionate that I lost. It really kind of made up for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I'll pretend that it was deliberate making you guys watch to seven. Yeah, it was a good idea. (laughs) I chose to do that. (laughs) Yeah, no, and like, that's all totally fair. Like, feeling her feeling defeat is a really important part of her character arc. And her and and her having her having to deal with in episode seven, being afraid of losing again, because she's Mm -hmm. really like she throws Hikaru in. She doesn't want to move her. She's very afraid of like yeah. hurting. You know, Hikaru is her best friend. She's very afraid of hurting her, and I think like that actually kind of fleshed out Misaki a bit more from just like the protagonist to an actual fully kind of formed character that has room to grow. Why well, don't? But Hatoko just came up. I don't like Hatoko. I don't Hatoko. like her at all. No, um, she's so she's I'm, not. She's one of those characters who show up in anime. I don't know what it is about characters under. If you give me a character who's like twelve or fourteen and they're like weirdly mature, I can kind of be like, okay, well, I could maybe see it depending upon their you know life experiences mm-hmm. or whatever. When you give me a five year old like Hatoko, I'm like bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. No, nope. <laughs> so so D knows this. Mercedes. Yeah, uh, I don't know if you know this about me. I cannot stand poor, like, overly precocious fictional children. I did mm-hmm. not know that about you. Probably why we're friends, because I also cannot, I don't like overly precocious children, because it doesn't occur. Mm-hmm. It's just not natural. Like, Hatako walks into the series, and she's just, like, the most sage child to ever exist. She's, like, confident, and she's, like, driven, and, like, it's like, no, five, five-year-olds aren't aren't like that like yeah well and it, and it and it's jarring because at the very beginning when misaki sees angelic lair there's like these two i i guess they would be kinder there's like these two like nursery school age kids maybe four or five who mm-hmm. run up and they're like oh it's angelic lair dummy you didn't know the right word and they're children and then mm-hmm. hatako walks in and she's like lived a thousand lifetimes <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And it is, it's, it's, again, it's for whatever reason for me, if they had made her a few years younger than he kind yeah. she was like, if she was, if she was like a 10 year old genius. Yeah. I would maybe buy the, and it's really, it's that level of calmness. I'm like, five year olds, they're just not, they're not. The poise. Yeah. Because yeah, the, the, yeah. the only time I believed Hatako was a child and not secretly mm-hmm. like a thousand year old spirit. <laughs> 
<laughs> inhabiting the body. Yes. The um, only time I believed it was when she cried because she couldn't go to the training center. And she was mm-hmm. like, but I have to, I have to practice. I was like, okay, this is an actual human mm-hmm. child. Yeah. And it's, and because it felt like I was like, oh yeah, kids cry when they can't get what they want. Like, mm-hmm. right. But even then the like, I have to practice every single day or I won't be competitive anymore. Yeah, that level like, of that's not is no. No, but- no. Like, and I've known weirdly intense five-year-olds. Like, they exist. They yeah, happen. they do. Absolutely. But, like, not, like, not Hot- the the wisdom and the knowledge that accompanies it for Hatoko. Yeah, Hatoko gives me the vibe that she secretly has, like, a 401k. And we just <laughs> know about it. Well, she's, she's, like, she's the rival character who the main character is chasing, right? She's right. that she's that style of character. She's the... Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, she's the Akira to to your Hikaru. Uh, yeah. If I'm talking about Hikaru no Go, I don't know why that's the one that popped into my head, but there it is. Same yeah. time period, so I guess that's why. Um, but it's, it's weird for her to be a tiny child. Uh, and and I, I get the feeling it's only going to get weirder. And I that's playing largely off of my memory of the manga, but like the fact that she's the five-year-old, like, because they call her like the miracle kindergartner, which... Mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, I feel like it's only going to get weirder that this five-year-old inexplicably is like an angelic lair genius. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, yeah, I'm I'm with y'all. The 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 like genius child trope. If she had been ten, that would have actually been really interesting. But she's five, right? Because like, ten, like she's still like there's still a pretty wide developmental gap between ten and twelve. But um, but it's not like wildly different like five so yeah i'm glad we're all in agreement that hadako is not a good character and also for totally selfish reasons i'm really disappointed that she's the rival character because as we know the best rivals in shonen are either hate each other's guts and want to kill each other or secretly want to do a smooch and that's not gonna happen that can't happen here you can't secretly smooch Mm -hmm. her Nope. No. Yeah. Nope. I will. Kudos to Hatako, though. She has one of the coolest angel designs, and I'm just That's like, true. This, this child did a real good design. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the ninja character is good. True. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. It's good. If if we're talking about characters we're not fond of, uh-huh. I have to bring up my girl Tamayo. Tamayo. Yeah, she's. I don't like her. Oh no! You mentioned the dub actors. Did you watch the dub? I watched the dub. Okay, well that explains it a lot because uh, Monica Rial's performance as Tamayo sucks. Oh, no. I hate yeah, it. it. It's not good. It's I no offense, She's... no offense, Miss Rial. It's discount Renge, and I don't like it. Um, this was actually the the dub that made me like go like, oh, I don't like Monica Real, and yeah. I have not changed that opinion since. Yeah, it wasn't uh, like no. it's it's not a good performance because I assume you all you all are watching the sub. Yeah, I watched. I I gave the dub a try, and yeah. I was like, this is very early ADV. ADV, mm-hmm. as to my knowledge, only did one good dub, and it was Evangelion. <laughs> here's what happened for me is i opened high dive and it just was like oh you're watching the dub and i was like okay high dive thank you for deciding for me (laughs) and so i'm gonna stick with the dub because like it it, it's very of its era and i i don't know if it was the voice work the voice work probably on tamayo didn't do it for me Mm -hmm. um also, I don't like that she choke holds people. <laughs> it's yeah. not nice. Yeah, it's not. That's it's not, not nice. Not nice. 
But you you know what? It probably actually was the voice work that made me not like her because I remember liking her when I read the manga, but I was just like something about her this time. Mm -hmm. It's not enjoyable. It's very great. It's a very grating performance. When when Rial goes high pitched, she has to be careful or she can enter like mega obnoxious range. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I think, I think that's where it's hitting. Well, and this was this would have definitely been an earlier one of her performances too. Yeah. So yeah. I'm sure that didn't help things. Yeah, uh, yeah. I I also don't I don't care for the Caitlin knows this about me, Mercedes. You will learn this about me today. Um, <laughs> I don't I don't I really don't care for the like comical punching bag type character relationship yeah. unless it's unless it's evenly balanced between the two or like one of or like they're clearly it's clearly roughhousing and they're having a good time. Yeah, and I. This one is this one handles it better than a lot of series I've seen, but I'm still not convinced because Kotaro also knows karate and is like low key blocking her moves. I guess right, there's right. they try to establish, but like he clearly isn't enjoying himself. Yeah, uh, I mean, so. I mean, there's a point where Misaki is like, I think you killed him, <laughs> and I was like, oh, he's like crawling <laughs> along the ground as his friends laugh. Yeah. Like I, cause I felt real bad for Kotaro. I was like, this poor child has it rough. He's made fun of constantly. He's the butt of jokes. His best He's friend it, chokes him. His little constantly. sister is a is uh, a thousand years old, reincarnated a, into a five year old body. <laughs> they made a really, they made a really shitty joke about like putting Clock. him in dresses or something. Oh yeah, and the cross dressing yeah. joke. Crap for being a cross dresser, and I was like, oh boy, this sure, this sure was made in the early aughts, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. there were, there were actually a few times where I was like, yeah, this was made in two thousand one. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. some there's some like gender essentialist like gay panic shit every so often that like yeah. kind of makes my eyebrow twitch and it's not like all yeah. over the place but it's every so often and I'm it's like there. okay mm-hmm. 2001 I have to just tell myself 2001D 2001 speaking <laughs> of a character that is straight out of 2001 what about Ichan I'm calling the cops <laughs> not not good to have jokes about an adult man like preying on the 12 year old not not good not funny not it's, funny i mean he is far better in the anime than he was in the manga because he instigates some of the panty shots in the manga oh, oh. lord i See, like if i'm remembering correctly he inst he instigates some of them which gross. like that's bad because uh yeah it's just not good just not yeah. good yeah, he um when he showed up, my first thought was Dr. Shio- was was Dr. Shioji from Excel Saga. Um oh, no. and I did not trust him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I will I will say I do I feel like the anime is trying is doing everything they can to be like he's a big weird eccentric but he is totally harmless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. except to except to poor Ogata who needs a new <laughs> job. Ogata. When he put the octopus down that That's sexual pants, harassment. Yeah, yeah, I was like you're a pervert. I'm like Ogata is clearly writhing in the background in a way that I was like, I'm not comfortable with this. I didn't yeah. convince to this at all. The, like all the, the connotations of octopi. And yeah. the, I, the slapstick in Angelic Layer is is again to me it's very of its time and it is it is discomforting in a way that I, I don't enjoy. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, I will say the one scene that made me laugh with him, there's a scene, I think it's when Misaki is making Hikaru's clothes. If you look up, Ichan is in the tree trying to feed cats tayaki like with from his mouth yes <laughs> yes i don't it's remember just, that it's, it's just like a slow down pan shot like a total throwaway gag while while uh inexplicable yeah it's really bizarre yeah and um, he's like he's like going 
nyow, nyow. And you're like, oh my God, this can, can someone get this man away from Misaki? And like they, but they, they mention like who he is in the Angelic Lair world, right? Yeah. Yeah, well, because yes. they they, the they drop the father. Yeah, he's the father yeah. of Angelic. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and he clearly has some connection to her mom. Um, she's because her mom is the is the lady in the wheelchair who's working for them at the facility, right? right? And we're not sure yeah. what they're working on, but like she's clearly doing some kind of project for him and his team, right? Yeah, I mean, like, which I have to say, Misaki's mother is a really interesting kind of enigma. Yeah, right. Like we she's don't very. Get, we don't get role? anything about her in these first seven episodes, no. other than she exists and will mm-hmm. definitely be important. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, as she she exists and that she is not in good health. Yeah, and and um, we we know that like she has the very pretty white angel, mm-hmm. and that's pretty much all you get. Like, there's really nothing. I mean, and that she's shocked when she sees that her daughter is competing in Angelic Lair. Yeah. Um, but that's pretty much it. Like, yeah. yeah. yeah um, I will tell you her role in the anime is extremely different from her role in the manga. Okay. I'm interested to see that because, like, I distinctly remember her role in the manga. Her I role think... in the manga was bad. Yeah. yeah I'm not, <laughs> it, I'm not... it was more clamp writing characters that don't make sense. Yeah. 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 Because her, the excuse for why she is, um, not around her daughter in the manga is so paper thin i mean we can just say it because it is actually like completely different in the anime um which is that her she had a baby and the baby was just so cute she couldn't stand to be around it (laughs) what i had forgotten about that yeah yeah because her, her misaki's mother is like super shy and like the one time that we see them interact in the manga you think that her mother is going to like faint because Which, like listen <laughs> listen like obviously she managed to have sex with a man at some right. point right if she had a baby so she can't be that shy that I she's mean, like i can't be around my child she's too cute i can't be around my child so i'm going to not talk to them from the time they're in kindergarten till they're 12 because, like, it's it said, I believe, in that first episode that Misaki hasn't seen her mother since she was in kindergarten. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, that's been seven, eight years. Yeah. And, and she, it's, yeah. Not, it's not clear if they, like, talk on the phone or if she sends her letters or if there's I, just been zero communication it, at it all. It felt like the implication was that, like, she gets money from her family and she lives yeah. out in Wakayama with her grandma. And that her mother hasn't has been no contact pretty much mm-hmm. most of her life, which that's is yeah. like yeah, which is I once again a pretty good like beat for beat shonen, but with the genders reversed. So yeah. like like yeah. dad's yeah. very dad's like gone, mysteriously. I wonder what dad's up to. Oh, my fate is linked with dad's. Cool. Uh, it's, <laughs> again, it's it's very it's extremely shonen. And yeah, props very... to Clamp for for again uh, being like let's do it with a girl and her mom instead of a. Yeah, because mm-hmm. it, 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 it is an interesting dynamic. And now I'm kind of excited to see, like, what her mother's character shapes up to be. Because, like, I I will say the one thing I distinctly remember from the manga, I remember the final kind of arc where she and her mother encounter each other. I remember that really distinctly. And knowing that that's going to be different makes me want to know how the lead up to that's going to go. Mm-hmm. There, there's, there is going to be a lot 
a lot with that. Yeah. Do do we have anything to say about Kotaro other than poor Kotaro? I I mean like poor guy, just poor seems guy. Like, seems like a nice boy. Um, I'd yeah. be okay if he and Misaki ended up dating. They'd probably be cute together. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I uh, oh one 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 last thing I did want to say about Tamayo, which I thought was other than the fact that she is a lot and the comedy slapstick is a lot. Yeah. Um, I do think it's neat that Misaki is learning about martial arts from her girlfriend. Yeah. I yeah. thought that was a nice touch that that uh, Tamayo is the one who's like a martial arts nut, and she's like kind of teaching Misaki how to use fighting moves in the angelic layer ring. Yeah, I yeah, cause cause Tamayo like knows like what karate, judo. Um, I think she lists capoeira, <laughs> which which I just this is my little dig at the dub. The way they pronounced capoeira, I was Why like, did no it? one did no one give Monica Rial the read on it? I I it was how did, like, how did she say it? Oh my god, she was like capoeira, and I was like, what? Oh <laughs> no, that's not that. That's not that word. I was just like, oh no, someone failed Monica Rial real roughly. She didn't deserve that. <laughs> right. And because, uh, I mean, Capoeira is fairly well known now, but I don't think it was very well known yeah, in the I, US. Yeah, I don't think in it was. the early aughts. I, yeah, I feel like it got popular like in the late 2000s, but. There was a, that was a Capoeira uh, club at my college. Okay. It's cool. Like, it's a very cool yeah. thing to, to watch, yeah. but. But I, I was just like, someone should have like made sure to double check the pronunciation because it sticks out. She's like, judo, karate, capoeira. And you're like, what? <laughs> and I felt, but like, I do like that Tamayo is the one who teaches Misaki and that Misaki actually utilizes the move she sees mm -hmm. in battle, which is pretty cool. Like, yeah. The, uh, the like mental connection allows, which is nice because again, Misaki's not an athletic person but right. she can observe other people and imagine what the moves mm -hmm. look like and then so she's like it it's it's a neat way to give her like the ability to do something that she maybe wouldn't have wanted to or even could do in the real world but like right. you know stalls so with with yeah. Kado, kind of her avatar so yeah mm -hmm. yeah i mean it's it's like overall like it's solidly a pretty good setup like if i certainly if i were like a 12 year old i would be pretty into this yeah. Yeah. I would I would be like, where's my angelic lair? Can I buy one now? Where's the local piffle princess? Take <laughs> me there. It's it's pretty it's pretty cool. Um and then we also have several one off op opponents in yeah. this episode. So there's um the the BDSM me mean girl. <laughs> Kyoko. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. With the whips. Yeah. Yeah, with the electric whips. The cheater. Yeah. Um, she's undefeated because she only fights rookies. Um, <laughs> which sucks. Yeah, I... When she said that she only fought, like, new players, I was like, well, that's not nice. Yeah. <laughs> that's not good. But then, like, our girl Misaki comes through. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Honestly, I think the only one of the one-off characters who really left an impression on me was Maria. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah because, I think partly because it was the last episode we, I watched, but also I think that, I think that Maria's like little internal conflict ties in really well with what's actually going on in the show. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, in terms of like the idea of Angelic Lair as like something you do for fun versus something you do seriously. And Misaki kind of 
finding that middle ground where she's like, well, no, I'm serious about this, but also this is fun. Like we're in this ring together mm-hmm. battling. Let's have a good time here. Yeah. Yeah. I, and Maria also ties into like sort of the angels as an extension of the self right. um, as who, as who you want to be or who you are and also who you want to be mm-hmm. um, because she hates her name. And so she gave her, her angel, like a name that she thought was really great. Um, and she hates her name because she's named after the Virgin Mary. She's like, I am not that nice. Not yeah. I am like not that, that yeah. giving, even though I am expected to be. Yeah. Um, and like the fact that this, these expectations were placed on her made her kind of bitter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because you you get that sense right off the bat, mm-hmm. and I actually like I actually like how her character was written. Like at the beginning of the fight, she yawns after she has to give her angel announcement, like to toss her angel in, and she's like, "It's boring. I don't want to do it. Let's just fight." Mm-hmm. And and by the end of the fight, like you have a very different character, and I think that's actually kind of nice. Mm-hmm. She's a good kid. Yeah, yeah I thought that was. Um... Again, you see that, and you see that in these in these kind of like, I, to me, Angelica Lair is is almost a sports anime because they are playing a yeah. game. Ultimately, you know, nobody's nobody's mm-hmm. going to. I assume nobody's going to die while playing Angelica Lair. <laughs> I guess I could be surprised. I'm just I'm uh, just thinking of I'm thinking of the comparison to Yu Gi Oh, and I'm just thinking about like Misaki getting sent to the Shadow Realm. Oh God. <laughs> Misaki gets taken over by the spirit of Hikaru. she becomes a doll for an episode oh my gosh yeah i yeah i mean assumably like no one's gonna well assumably no one's gonna die or get like hurt yeah (laughs) right Um, yeah i mean hurt feelings just hurt feelings but it has that element of like again more like a kind of a kind of a sports series and that sent that focus on your opponents is very much a part of that genre Mm -hmm. um and i thought that episode did a did it was a really good kind of one-off episode to um, show you something about Misaki and something about this, this character who we probably won't ever see again, but um, it was a nice uh, self-contained storyline, which I think, I think the earlier episodes had really struggled to do that with the fighters that Misaki was up against. Yeah. So I I enjoyed that. I thought they, Mm -hmm. I thought they did a good job with that. And I hope that we get more of that, that balance between uh, the opponent and Misaki and like what they kind of learn yeah. about each other in the in the ring. Um, and I, I think I think as we get into like the wider tournament art coming up, that I think I, I think the show has its legs now. Yeah. And so it can kind of develop and fill in because I'm really excited to see how it's going to fill in mm-hmm. what we watch seven out of twenty six episodes of the next yeah. twenty one. I'm excited to see how it's going to fill that in. Mm-hmm. Um, um did you, Mercedes, did you mm-hmm. Noted. Did you recognize the characters' um, speed wag- speed wagoning in the stands? Yes. I yes. Did. <laughs> did you recognize them at all, D? Did uh, they ring a bell? I I don't remember what you're talking about. I'm sorry. Like the the standing all mysterious, commenting on the matches up in oh, the stands. Yeah. They yeah. they looked familiar, but I I couldn't have told you anything I'm, beyond that. All I'm right. very excited for them. Um, so I just wanted to briefly mention Vasquez, um, and Herdeus, which, who doesn't even get a name. Oh, no, she does have a name. Oh, she does? Yes. What's her name? I believe her name is Yuko. Yuko. Uh, Yuka. It's Yuka. Yuka. Uh, no, okay. no, I'm sorry. Yuka is the, is Catalina's deus. Um, 
I think it's Tomoko Yamada. Okay. It's her official name. I don't know if they ever say it or if it's displayed, but she does have a name. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, I wish there were more butch I, angels. They're I'm all like here for you, you, There is a good variety of like design in the angels. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But a lot of them are generally very femme. Yeah. Um, and so like I really wish that we and like you know her. And the Deus Tomica, like her whole look, very butch. Yeah, the spiked hair, the camo tank top. The, it was very the cargo like, pants. Yeah, like very good. Very, yeah, I, like, I appreciated that some of the angel designs were were mm-hmm. more like buff, burly, but still, but yeah. still like foam coated. You know, intended to. Yeah, yeah. like Jasper from Steven Universe. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. yeah. yeah, because Vas- Vasquez actually, I felt was very butch in design but like very still feminine um and i actually i actually liked that because yeah i mean a lot of the angels kind of follow the like slim and slightly curvy design and so i it it was nice to see like an angel that looked different it felt really good yeah yeah Yeah. and i i wish we had like i guess very mild spoilers we had more of those like in the main cast yeah um but but clamp clamp likes their girly character design yeah yeah because the the main cast is very the angels all share a very similar figure yeah to be Mm -hmm. fair clamp doesn't like drawing buff anybody yeah that's true (laughs) across across the gender spectrum yes um noodle boys for anyone yeah yeah those good pasta boys Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) before we go do you have any uh, predictions about what's going to happen? I'm going to predict. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to like let myself just dream big. I'm going to predict that this series is going to say like, who's Misaki's father? It's Ichan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm sticking to that. I'm sticking to that until I'm proven wrong. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, Ogata <laughs> files an official complaint with HR. Uh, <laughs> I, I think that's that. more wishful thinking. It <laughs> is. It is. Uh, no, I think the tiny robots are going to fight a lot, and, Mi- and Misaki is going to slowly but surely grow, come closer and closer to her mom until they have a big dramatic finale finish, yeah. and she'll probably defeat Hatoko at some point. I know the beats of this story. I will probably, yeah. maybe I'll be surprised, but like, um, that's yeah. kind of my general sense yeah. of where we're going from here. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of hope we get to see her and her mother fight, and I kind of want her to defeat her mother, like. Okay, that would be solid. Yeah, yeah. I, I want, I want, I want that connection. Mm-hmm. The, yeah. Okay. All right. So next time we'll watch episodes eight to thirteen. Okay. Got good six episodes in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Thank you for listening to this episode of Chatty AF. Uh, if you enjoyed what you heard, go ahead and feel free to check out our Patreon, Patreon.com/slash/AnimeFeminist. Um, any contributions are so appreciated. Uh, they're super important to making sure that we can pay our contributors, um, that we ourselves can get paid, that we can pay for the website and continue to exist. Um, it's a lot more expensive to run a website than you think, y'all. Um, even a dollar a month is so helpful. I know that like right now is not a great time to ask for money, but if you can you know that would be great um you can check out our twitter twitter.com slash anime feminist uh check out our tumblr 
animefeminist.tumblr.com or our Facebook, Anime Fem. Thank you so much for listening. I'm so excited to go on this journey with you guys. I am um, too. I am too. <laughs> thank you to Dean Mercedes for joining me. And uh, don't forget to... Don't shove Octopi down your co-workers' pants, and we will oh see God. you next time. <laughs> <laughs>